Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this week's edition of Panel Riot. We're back. We are back. It's been quite a while, uh, but we're we're back from hiatus with episode number 54. This week we're talking to Corey Milbert, sci-fi comic aficionado, and, uh, well, we'll get into all that here in a minute. But before we can do anything, intern Stan... I know, I know we haven't done this in a little while. I'm hoping that you can remember, don't let me down, to play us a theme song. Hot dog. Hot diggity daffodils. It is good to be back. Stan, thank you very much for that. Do you have a good uh, do you have a good break, buddy? Stan? Yeah, Stan's out. Uh hey, hey everybody. How's it going? We're back. We're back. Panel Riot is back. It has certainly been a while uh since we've done one of these and I am thrilled to pieces to be back uh to be back recording for you folks out there. Stan's here, Watson's here, and uh, we've got a, a slew of new characters to introduce, not on this episode, but future episodes. Um, spoiler alert, there's more cats now. You can never have enough cats until you have too many cats. Um, but this week, we are talking with Corey Milbert. I uh, I mentioned that in the introduction. So uh, we get into all manner of topics, uh, sci-fi comics, Star Wars. We talk about the new movie, um, the Rogue One trailer. Uh, we talk about uh, some changes that are coming up to Panel Riot that he is a big, big part of. Uh, it's a great interview. Corey's, uh, Corey's a good friend, and he has excellent taste in comic books. So if he mentions a comic... In this episode, go and check it out. Speaking of which, available now, you can head over to panelriot.com. We have a new home on Squarespace, and our site looks better than ever. It works better than ever. Um, it's it's a little bare bones at the moment because, you know, I have a day job. This is the only thing that I do. I wish it was, but it's not. And... Um, uh, if you go over there now, you will see the main page, which will have uh, the post of this episode. You can go over to the uh, most recent tab, which of course has the most recent episode tab. Uh, and uh, we're working on revamping the guest tab as well. So you can find out information about your, your favorite Panel Riot guest, uh, what episodes they appeared on, and where to find them on the internets. Um, that is all coming in the near future, as well as more website functionality. Find out more at PanelRiot.com. Check it out today, after you listen to this podcast. So, without any further ado, welcome back. I'm glad you're back. I'm glad I'm back. And uh, right now we are going to toss it over to Will in the Panel Riot interview bunker. Not a final name. That is not the final name of it. Don't send me letters about that. Send me letters about other things, but not that. Panel Riot interview bunker, Will and Corey Milbert. Take it away, Will. Thanks, Will, for that uh, shining introduction. I greatly appreciate it. This is Will out in the field uh, in the podcast interview recording bunker. And in the bunker with me this week is, well, folks, you are in for a treat. Uh, this week we are talking to one of my closest friends. He is insanely talented. Uh, he is working currently on the new Panel Riot theme song. That's right, folks. We're going legitimate. We're probably not going to get sued. Uh, and we're going to have a real-life custom theme song, and it is all thanks to this man, Corey Milbert. Hi, Will. Hi, Corey. So, uh, we're going to talk about some comics. Excellent. Is that cool? Yeah. All right. Um, Corey, you read sci-fi comics. That's I'm not just having you on the show uh, because you're making us a theme song. You read more sci-fi comics than anybody that I know. 
So let's dive right in. Let's start with your comics origin story. What first got you into comics? Uh, well, when I was little, I was always into comics. Um, not necessarily comics themselves, but the characters. Uh, I was always a huge X-Men fan as a kid. I mm-hmm. uh, loved the cartoon. I used to play X-Men in the backyard with my brother and my neighbor. Mm-hmm. It was a blast. Now, uh, how young are we talking? We're talking uh, eight or nine, maybe. And who were you? Uh, Everybody has an X-Man. Sometimes Wolverine. Right. Sometimes Colossus. Right. And sometimes Nightcrawler. Those are the correct answers. <laughs> Go on. All right. So, uh, comics themselves, I... Uh, my parents didn't really support the whole comics thing, so I didn't really get into comics until more recently. I kind of rediscovered it, connecting with some old friends. Uh, and... Uh, I would say it's probably been about three years now since I started collecting and reading regularly. Okay. Um, now, who uh, who got you into comics? That would be Ellen. Ellen. Yes. Friend of the show, previous guest on the show, Ellen Hemington, who, uh, who we had on to talk about furries, and we'll have on again to talk about, well, whatever she wants to talk about. Um, so what is it about comics? What's a, what, what got you hooked as a, as a kid, and what is it that brought you back into them now? Uh, what hooked me as a kid was the characters and the less than normal situations, uh, fantasy, sci-fi, obviously. Um, what brought me back into it now is probably the fact that I didn't get into it when I was little. It's something I always wanted to do and never knew where to start, and Ellen gave me a couple good starting points, and I just kind of jumped in from there. Excellent. Uh, what are you reading now? Oh, right now, uh, so I, Black Science is one of my favorites right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Remender has quite a few uh, good sci-fi comics out right now. Uh, Tokyo Ghost is another one. Uh, I'm also reading Descender, which is, I think we talked about that one a little once before. Right, yeah. We've mentioned that on the show before. Yeah. Empty Zone, Nameless. I go on for a while just naming comics. Cool. Um, so you mentioned Rick Remender. Is he? Would you say he's your favorite writer? Uh, it's a toss-up between him and uh, him and Warren Ellis. Rick Remender has a lot more out there that I really like, um, volume-wise. I think at least that I've discovered so far. I know Warren Ellis has a lot out there that I haven't read yet, mm-hmm. but. Uh, Warren Ellis is able to... He comes up with really believable pseudoscience, and that's what I really like about mm-hmm. his, his writing. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I feel like he he's always up on... like He's, he's a futurist, essentially. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, his, the future that he sees is really, really bleak. But he knows what technology is coming down the pike. Um, his work on James Bond, um, the Varger storyline... Um, a lot of the villains had like prosthetic limbs and things like that, and he mentioned in his newsletter that, I mean, that technology is years away. That mm-hmm. that level of advanced prosthetics. So, it's it's I f- I agree with you. It's grounded in reality. These weird science things that he creates. Well, even when it's not grounded in reality, it is so believable. Uh, one of the ones that I re- actually the the book that really had me fall in love with Warren Ellis was Supreme Supreme Blue Rose, which is mm-hmm. a really recent uh, really recent comic. Okay. What and is it about? So Supreme Blue Rose is kind of about uh, this person or group of people who are trying to reshape reality what, into what they want it to be. Um, there's a little bit of time travel involved, I think. It's really hard to, to lay it out there. Um, it's almost hard to piece together, but when it all comes together, which is seems to be another trait of Warren Ellis's writing, mm-hmm. um, when it all comes together, it, it makes a lot of sense. They're, they're trying to reshape reality. Yes. Using science or using, like, powers? like Using science. Science, okay. So, huh. That's that sounds really interesting. That's that's a great elevator pitch. I want to read it now. <laughs> um, what is it? What is it about that 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 really gets you? By the way, you are going to hear tiny little footprints. That is just what's going to happen. But uh, that is a special guest appearance by Stormy, who's a, Stormageddon. Uh, actually, Stormageddon which ties into the whole sci-fi thing. That's true. She that's is named true. after a briefest little 
hint from a Doctor Who episode. She is a Doctor Who reference. And, and she's a corgi. And an adorable one. That's yeah. true. Like yeah. uh, Ayn from Which Cowboy is Bebop. the reason I have a corgi, so yeah. Ah, uh, nice. <laughs> Never watched Cowboy Bebop. Uh, I think, really I've, seen, I think I've seen like one or two episodes and the movie, and that's it. And that wasn't enough to get you to watch all of it? Uh, I don't know what's wrong with me. I, I got hooked on Trigun. Ah? Did you watch Trigun? I haven't seen Trigun. Trigun's no. very good. We need to have a watch party, because um, uh, Mare, another friend of the show, or a future friend of the show, I don't think we've done an episode with her yet. Either way, uh, we bonded over our love of Trigun. It's yeah. very, very good. Anyway, absolutely off uh, off topic. Um, what is it about Supreme, Supreme Blue Rose that... Uh, that really hooks you. I actually think it was the uncertainty of what was going on. Uh, it's what's drawn me into a lot of sci-fi is not being able to predict the story. Um, and with Supreme Blue Rose, you can't. It, it's not only difficult to predict the story. At times, it's hard to understand where you are in the story, but it's okay. Because <laughs> eventually you figure it out. Yeah, because okay. it, everything works itself together eventually. I think that's... I, I agree that that's very... That's a hallmark of good writing is it's all these threads that eventually come together. It's the same thing with films, you know what I mean? You put a lot of things out there, and whether they seem related or not, they eventually come together in some clever way that's the payoff, basically. Um, what about art? Do you have a... Is there a specific artist that you like or art style? Yeah, I would definitely say uh, looser art styles really draw my attention. Uh, Matteo Scalera, who draws for uh, Black Science, is mm. he stands out as a favorite for me. Now, you also enjoyed uh, the art on Karnak, the most recent Karnak that Warren Ellis wrote. Yes, yes, I did. I uh, believe the artist's name was Gerardo Zafino. Yes, yeah, he was he was the original artist, and then I think he had a he had a family thing, or he couldn't continue his duties, and I think they only did two issues, uh, and then they switched to another artist, who I don't remember his name. Uh, Roland Boshi, I'm looking at it right now. Okay, um, I can't say I'm as big of a fan as the second artist. Uh, not that is, I don't appreciate the art, but. Karnak just seems angry looking all the time, and mm-hmm. it, uh, he seemed more neutral or passive in the first two issues and I like that. Right, yeah. Uh, what is it about that original art style that gets you? Is it... Is it? Well, you answer. What is it? I don't know if I could answer that. It's kind of... I see it. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't feel forced. Um, I think it, it ties into a lot of things I like. I don't like my music to be really clean and well-produced. I like it to be a little dirty and messy. Right, And right. I think there, there's something about that that just speaks to me. As a bonus for the listeners, uh, I think you should recommend some of the bands that you like. Ah, because, well, if we're uh, talking dirty, let's, uh, Eagles of Death Metal is the first thing that pops into my head. Very nice. Um, Basically, any good band that I've started listening to in the past three years... I think we've known each other. Yeah, yeah. I think about three years has been because I've either heard them in Corey's car or Corey took me to see them live or some. Or he just said, you should listen to these guys, and I've never been let down. So so Eagles of Death Metal. Yeah. Um, if we're going to stick along the lines of the real kind of dirty-sounding stuff, there is uh, an electronic band. Which I'm not sure if they're together anymore. Uh, called Does It Offend You? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Too many zoos. Too many zoos. Too many zoos. Too many zoos. If you're a fan of brass and crazy instrumentals, too many zoos is fantastic. Yeah, they're kind of along the lines of a a extremely wild New Orleans jazz kind of parade music. Mm -hmm. But imagine that happening in a New York City subway. (laughs) And there's only like, is it just two guys or three guys? Three guys. Three guys. Okay. It's incredible. And we should probably mention Man Man just because oh, they're course, so yeah. good. Love Man Man. Man Man and um, Honus Honus, who's the lead singer for Man Man and is releasing a solo album. Yep. yep. I'm excited for that. That should be out soon. So go and check that out before he gets too big to be cool or whatever. I don't know how music works. <laughs> anyway, uh, so um, we've talked about uh, Warren Ellis and, and sci fi comics. Let's talk a little bit about Black Science. 
Yes. Because this is one of your favorite comics, mm-hmm. uh, and I want to know more about it. So, what is Black Science about? So, Black Science is about a, I'd say, an anti-authoritarian scientist who gets involved with a project to create interdimensional tra- uh, travel. Uh, as a means for finding cures, expanding science, basically. Um, And basically, everything goes wrong, and he is traveling through dimensions trying to uh, save his children and uh, some of the rest of the team who have uh, been dispersed through other dimensions. Okay. It sounds a lot like, um, like, a little bit like Fringe, a little bit like Fantastic Four... Yeah, it's got some aspects of those things. Yeah? Yeah. Um, what is it? What is it about this that, that grabs you? Uh, so what really grabs me about it is that it's it's not just about the, the interdimensional travel and the crazy characters that they run into, which are fantastic, mm-hmm. but uh, it deals a lot with the hang-ups that these people had when they started the trip. Um, there's... Uh, each character has something that they're dealing with, and uh, each story arc or issue seems to really delve into the background of how they're dealing with it and why they're dealing with it. Especially the latest, uh, the latest story arc called God World really went into uh, the main character uh, Grant McKay's whole history from pretty much from his childhood until now, and all of the things that are his major baggage and how to deal with how he's dealing with them. Okay. Um, is it uh, is part of what they're doing like a quest to get back home, or is it really just we're just exploring? Uh, so it was kind of an accidental start to the story. It was testing. Um, his kids were there um, to kind of check out the lab and see how things were going, and got sucked in. And now it's pretty much struggle to survive and find each other, and hopefully get back home. Okay. Um, so it's been going for about three years. It launched in 2013. Mm-hmm. And like you said before, it's Rick Remender, and um, the artist is... Matteo Scalera. Matteo Scalera. Um, and uh, I've, I've read a couple of issues of this, and that art style is... It is very kinetic and very, very sketchy and very all over the place. And um, it's a beautiful comic. It's very stylized, you know, at least the... Um, it, it lends itself to alternate realities and different worlds and, you know, larger-than-life things and aliens and, and everything like that. Is this uh, is this the kind of story that um, you think lends itself to, like, a full arc? Like, will this wrap up eventually? Or is this just kind of going to go on indefinitely? I can see it wrapping up, in, uh, wrapping up eventually, but with the nature of the story, um, I, I think it could go on for a very long time, and I hope it does. Right. It's possible what because this comic is published under uh, Image, mm-hmm. so it's creator owned, and sometimes these comics are for four issues, and sometimes they're for four years. You know, mm-hmm. so we could uh, we could see a lot of black science in the future. I hope we do. Cool. All right, folks. Um, with that, we are going to take a quick commercial break. Please don't go anywhere. Enjoy yourselves. And if you really hate commercials, uh, there's a fast forward button, but don't use it because this is a good one. Hey, 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 it's Will back, uh, back here. Uh, Will is doing a great job with the interview, but um, now it's my turn to do a little bit of, uh, a little bit of plugs here. Um, and specifically, I want to plug Soulsworn, soulsworn.com, one of the finest webcomics anywhere on the internet. It is absolutely magical. It is done by friend of the, friend of the show, Zeke, and... Um, it's wonderful. It's got everything you could possibly want from a webcomic. It's got violence. It's got nudity. It has armpit hair. It has uh, immortal creatures in a land where death has been defeated, um, sort of, and, uh, and, and, and a whole like growth industry has cropped up because death has been defeated, sort of. It's, it's complex. The art is absolutely beautiful, and uh, it is drawn by him and written by him and Mare, who we mentioned earlier, um, who is 
been on uh, a previous episode of the show, and she'll have a full episode coming up soon. So go and check it out, soulsworn.com. You will not be disappointed. Follow them. Leave a comment. Um, you can also find them on Tapas, which is T-A-P-A-S, which is the comic webcomic reader app on your whatever smart device. Go and check it out as soon as you can. Soulsworn and soulsworn.com and uh, tell them Panel Riot sent you and it will do nothing except they'll know that I sent you. All right, back to Will and the interview. Welcome back. Welcome back. I don't know which commercial that was, but I'm willing to bet that it was for a high-quality product that you should check out at your earliest convenience. We are talking with Corey Milbert. He likes music. He likes sci-fi comics, long walks on the beach, and facial hair. Corey, welcome back. Hey, good to be here. You have lovely facial hair, by the way. Thank you very much. I grew it myself. Good job. God, that's a terrible dad joke. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, we're talking about sci-fi comics, and um, we discussed a little over the break, and, uh, well, I want to ask you this question. What is the finest sci-fi comic you've ever read? Finest comic I've sci-fi comic I've ever read. Um, it's probably a toss-up between Black Science and Descender and a million other things. I I really couldn't <laughs> pick a favorite. Um, well, I mean, you mentioned Descender, yeah. and uh, we should definitely talk about that. I have read more of Descender than I have of Black Science, uh, and absolutely loved it. And I have no excuse for not reading more of it. So, uh, tell us uh, a little bit about Descender. So, Descender uh, is written by Jeff Lemire and illustrated by... Uh, we butcher names on this show, right? 100%. Okay. And we, we just make it sound vaguely similar and then apologize. Excellent. So, uh, Dustin Nagoyan, I believe. That, that might be how you say it. Sure. That N-G-U-Y-E-N. Um, Nigen? No, no. We're sorry. We're just yeah, we're sorry. We're sorry. Yeah. Google it, and we're sorry. Um, says another excellent sci-fi comic about a uh, a companion robot, a, a little boy companion robot, um, who lives in a time where uh, basically robots at one point destroyed a lot of uh, civilization and. As a repercussion, all of the organic creatures basically went out and started destroying all robots. Uh, hmm. Do they know why they started destroying all humans? That's actually the big mystery of the story. I see. Interesting. Um, now, Jeff Lemire, or Lemire, we are sorry, um, he's the current writer on the Hawkeye series, which, knowing that he's also writing The Sender, makes me want to read the Hawkeye series again. Ah, I've not read any of Hawkeye. I might have to check it out after reading this. I read I read like one um one one or two issues uh after the whole Secret Wars thing happened and it was, you know, reasonably okay. Actually, I talked about it on the show now that I think about it. Okay. Um it's interesting. You might like it. They they switch art styles and coloring a lot and okay. it's uh it's 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 obviously it's not Mac, Matt Fraction and David Aja, but it is pretty good. All right. So, um so I'll ask you the question that I keep asking you. What is it about the sender? Uh, what I like about the sender is the constant revelations. Um, I, I think I mentioned this when we talked about what makes a good comic. Um, this story is just constantly throwing surprises at you. Um, and they've always been good. And I feel like at some point it's going to get worn out. At some point, maybe it's going to get lost, but we're, I think, uh, I'm not sure how many issues in where we are now. Maybe 12, 11, I think. Uh, And uh, I think there's probably been one issue that didn't have a major surprise in it. Right. And they've all been good. Yeah. Well, it's like you said, the universe... When we're introduced to it, it's it's very kind of basic and bare bones, and they're just like, this is a universe, and they're doling out the information so slowly mm-hmm. that, that that every piece they dole out can afford to be something huge, yep. you know, because yeah. it's they're also building the world with the information. Um, it was in January 2015. Sony Pictures actually bought the rights to Descender. Yeah, I believe they picked they picked up the rights for a movie. 
before the first issue was even released. Yes, yeah, that was that was this comic. Um, apparently, this is Wikipedia information, so don't hold me to it. But Josh Bratman is producing. Don't know who that is. Uh, Lemire and Nigen are serving as executive producers. Again, we're sorry. Um, Jesse <laughs> Wigato, uh, who wrote Tron Legacy is going to be the screenwriter, and they are going to be adapting in February of 2016, so they're working on it now. Great. Yeah. I'm, excited. I'm so excited for that. That's going to be fantastic if they pull it off. Um, I, I But I feel like with um, movies like, uh, was it Deus Ex that came out? It was the film basically about um, robots like very humanoid robots it came out recently yes. and I think it was nominated for a bunch of Oscars it could be fully called Deus Ex Machina I don't know but anyway it was it was super I popular. know I watched it but I'm drawing a blank on the name right now um, I thought it was fantastic what did you think? I didn't see it okay all I know is it was very popular but um, the point is if they can pull something like that off something very popular that gives me hope but then you also see what they did with Ender's Game, and that it's a wash. I yeah. think. Yeah, I feel like sci-fi movies can—they uh, go one of two ways. They're either real good or real bad. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's all about the vision of the person, um, person behind it. But I mean, it's a—it's a really good and interesting story. And if they stick to the tone of the story, then I don't think they can they can go wrong if they try to make it cutesy because he's a kid robot and like a family movie or, or even just like a family adventure movie they're mm-hmm. gonna fail so um so we've talked a lot about sci-fi comics uh are there comics that you read that are not sci-fi do you read um like adventure or any of the superhero stuff or anything like uh, that? uh yeah uh you mentioned karnak i really like karnak uh there's some more fantasy type stuff that uh, i'm really into um, I like uh, Saga. Saga's fantastic. Saga's beautiful. Although Saga, well, <laughs> I was going to say Saga is also sci-fi, but it's also all of the things. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, it's sci-fi, it's adventure, it's fantasy, and military, and, and it's comedy. It's really good. Yeah. Um, kind of along the same lines, definitely still sci-fi. Uh, Lazarus. Uh, it's oh, yeah, yeah. a lot more on the military side of things, I would say, than the uh, mm-hmm. than a lot of the other sci-fi. Kind of um, post-apocalyptic. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very good book. Uh, mm-hmm. Greg Rucka does that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anything else? Uh, I'm drawing blanks, but yes, uh, there's there's one called Limbo. I can't remember the artist or the writer. Okay. Um, so Limbo is. Uh, a, I'd say it's somewhat of a noir story in a fantasy setting. Uh, there's some tie-ins to uh, Mexican mythologies, okay. and uh, basically these these gods have found ways to connect through people through modern technology. Huh. <laughs> That's kind of awesome. Yeah, it's it's a really great book. One of the books that we mentioned uh, that I wanted to talk about, which I also think kind of straddles, it's it's the, the genres. It's sci-fi, but it's also action and adventure is low. Yes. So I, I read on a previous episode, Cold, epi- like issue four or seven or something like that. And I just kind of dove in, and it was pretty good. How did I you, miss that episode? I don't know. Uh, I'll have to go back and listen to that I one. Think, <laughs> I think it was ep- uh, the episode called The Stack, where mm. I just pulled random stuff from The Stack. And ah. read it. Um but it was good, and it was enough to grab my attention and make me want to read more. So uh, tell everybody a little bit about Lowe. Lowe is, like you mentioned, a somewhat fantasy sci-fi story uh, where uh, civilization has basically moved to live deep under the ocean due to um, some kind of catastrophe on Earth uh, where uh, Basically, the surface is so heavily radiated that no one can live there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually so far in the future that the uh, 
the underwater civilization is kind of reaching its end. They're losing uh, fuel reserves, and people are starting to lose hope. Um, and hope is a really big thing in this story. Uh, there's actually a religion that centers around positive thinking and hope, and it's really interesting and um, uplifting, which is uh, a nice contrast from a lot of the stuff Recommender writes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is also written by Rick Remender, uh, and the artist is Greg Torcini. Yes. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's Torcini. Yes. Another uh, excellent, real loose, painterly artist. Mm-hmm. Now, this uh, this launched in March of 2015. There's only 12 issues, so uh, you guys can get while the getting's good. Um, I think uh, a, an important lesson to take away from all of this is... All of the writers that we've talked about so far are also Marvel writers. So if you're only reading Marvel books, look who's writing them, and then find something else with their name, because in all likelihood it's going to be really good. I mean, I think, if I remember correctly, Rick Remender wrote a huge arc. Was he Was he the one who did the um, uh, Avengers vs. X-Men, or Avengers plus X-Men? I'm not sure. I know he did a Secret Avengers. Mm-hmm. I haven't read that yet. I know he did a an arc, a dark archangel. Yeah, story arc. He did. He did Uncanny X Men for a very long time, which I loved. It got a little crazy and gross, but you know that you know, that's going to happen. Um, uh, what did I say? Did I say Uncanny Avengers? Uh, I meant I you meant, said Uncanny, and you said Avengers. I meant X Force. <laughs> okay, did, he did, did X Force. I think it was Uncanny X Force. Uh, and that was the whole story arc where he brought back Dark Angel, and that was the team with Wolverine and Psylocke and Deadpool, and it was excellent. Um, and he he also wrote uh, Uncanny Avengers, which led into his Avengers and X Men Axis, where Sabretooth became good, and which actually was a pretty underrated story. Uh, everything went a little haywire. That's when they brought back Red Skull and Onslaught and all that stuff, and. It was crazy and weird, but very, very I'll good. I'll have to check those out. I've definitely not read enough X-Men for as much as I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. X-Men have been a little strange lately. But um, but he's he's another one that I feel like, much like Brian Michael Bendis, he's good at giving each character a distinct voice. You know what I mean? Like, he wrote uh, Tony Stark's voice in Axis like pitch perfect and it was vastly different from like Captain America's or Deadpool's or you know all these other characters and it's when you're writing something with a bunch of like a huge cast like that a big crossover it's easy to get things lost you know mm-hmm. like oh I have to have a line of exposition I'll just throw it away and give it to whoever it doesn't matter who says it but I think that's the hallmark of a good writer who I agree. Yeah. you know gives the characters a voice um, so, if we're talking about sci-fi comics, I definitely want to talk about Star Wars. Let's do it. We've uh, we've talked about it in the past. I genuinely don't remember if we talked about the movie on the show before, um, but uh, because that came out last Christmas, right? Some, something around there. Yeah. Around there, yeah. And I think I was on hiatus, or, or I don't know, but either way, uh, it was real good. I don't know if you guys heard they made another Star Wars movie, but they did. And it was real good. Um, but there's comic tie-ins, right? There were. Marvel is doing, uh, let's see, they've got they've got Star Wars, they've got Darth Vader, Lando, uh, Chewbacca had his, uh, had his own series. He started uh, a C-3PO, I believe. There's a C-3PO special out there, yeah. Uh, Chewbacca, um, and Phil Noto is like their go-to guy for art on these comics, and they're all magnificent. So you've read, uh, you haven't read a lot of them. You read Vader Down, though. Right? I read Vader Down, which okay. was excellent. Um, did you, you did you finish the arc? I did. I only got to the first issue. I have to give you some comics because it's uh, amazing. I, it's just, it's like so. These characters have lived in our imaginations for years because there wasn't any like official material. There was expanded universe stuff, but. You know, everybody would look at that and read it and think, oh, okay, so this is that one guy's vision, but this isn't official, you know what I mean? Some people did, and I I I respect When I was younger and reading the books, I didn't know any better Mm -hmm. than to think, this is part of it. So I, for the longest time, accepted that what I read in those other books was part of the universe. And when they said it's not anymore, I was a little disappointed. Mm -hmm. I think it was the right move, but... 
it was I had to cut all that stuff out that I thought was now right. That's yeah. that's true. That's a good point. But I just feel like I don't know. This is going to be a gross metaphor, <laughs> but I feel like the expanded universe stuff before, which some of it was very good. I did enjoy some of it. Um, Tales from Jabba's Palace is a standout for me. No, Tales of the Bounty Hunters. That was it. Yes, Tales of the Bounty Hunters. I read read that that one too. A lot, yeah. Um, But the the difference between that and the stuff we're getting now is like the difference between 2% milk and heavy cream. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I agree. So I'm sorry if you're lactose intolerant. That was very gross. But um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, I forget totally where I was going with that. Oh, it's like wish fulfillment, right? So yeah. you get to see you get to see Darth Vader be this just incredible badass in his comic, and the things that he does, it's like it's like this was the Darth Vader that we had in our brains. This was the the character who won best movie villain over and over. It explained why everyone was so scared other than he could choke you. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, it accomplished... It's accomplishing what the first three movies were kind of undoing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They made him a bit of a wuss. These comics are making him a badass again. Mm-hmm. Um, like Invader Down, there's that moment where he crash lands on a planet and he's surrounded by rebels and they all have guns and they say, throw it on your weapon, you're surrounded. And he says, the only thing I'm surrounded by is fear and dead men. And he ignites his lightsaber and kills them. It's a great line. It's amazing. I, I have to look up. I don't remember who is writing that, actually. Um, but you, you've only read uh, a little bit of Vader Down, and you read Shattered Empire. I did. I read Shattered Empire. Actually, I picked that one up after... You interviewed someone else on the show, and they recommended. Um, they mentioned that Rucker wrote it, and mm-hmm. I liked Lazarus so much. I figured I had to go go check that one out. Do you remember who that was? I don't. I don't. Was. I'm very sorry, person, who that was, because because <laughs> I mean it's a it's a it's a good recommendation. Um, or rather, I should say, is it a good recommendation? I thought so. Okay, I really enjoyed it. Uh, Kieran Gillen. Kieran Gillen is uh, is the person who's writing the Darth Vader series, and I think that is the perfect person to write it because we know how dark Kieran Gillen can get, and that comes uh, that comes across. I think. Who is the creative team on Shattered Empire? Uh, so Greg Rucka wrote for it, and let's butcher another name while we're at it. <laughs> um, uh, Marco Chichetto, Chichetto. Mm-hmm. Uh, Angel Unzueta, Unzueta. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> None of these are easy. You, I, I kind of wish you wouldn't ask me this question. <laughs> and Emilio Lizo, L A L A I S O. So okay. Uh, so what uh, what ground does that cover? So this covers up uh, covers a little bit of the time. Right after uh, Return of the Jedi, I believe mm-hmm. uh, it's supposed to be a lead-in to the new movie. Okay, and does it uh, does it tie in with any of the new characters? Uh, I don't think it did. Um, it there's loose ties. Uh, I don't think I quite got far enough in the story to see where they were. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is. I've got uh, more information here about who's writing these comics. So Mark Wade, uh, suffice to say, Marvel is bringing out all their big guns for these comics. Mark Wade is writing Princess Leia. Jerry Duggan uh, is uh, writing or wrote Chewbacca. I think the five issues. It was a limited thing. Uh, Jason Aaron writing Star Wars. Kieran Gillen writing Darth Vader. Jason Aaron and Kieran Gillen collaborated on Vader Down, which was a wonderful collaboration. Uh, Charles Soule. Uh, wrote Lando, and uh, there was a Han Solo series getting started by Marjorie Liu. Um, and yeah, Greg Rucka doing Shattered Empire, and oh, I forgot about Poe Dameron. They just started a Poe Dameron series. I think there's just one issue out, and it's also Charles Soule, and it's great. It's really, really good. It's they. It's another one where 
I mean, he didn't have that many lines in the movie, but they nailed his character. Uh, so when I said there were no ties to the movie, mm-hmm. I started flipping back through here because I was pretty sure I was wrong when I said that. And it actually looks like, uh, I don't know if it's Poe Dameron or his parents that are actually uh, characters in the story. Oh, excellent. So, go and check it out. You, you would you would recommend the Star Wars uh, tie-in comics? I absolutely would. Okay. Um, So I want to talk a little bit about the movie, but before we do that, we need to take another commercial break. Uh, So please stick around for more Corey, more sci-fi, and more Panel Riot. The Petri family, the family that took time to bring you good wine, invite you to settle back comfortably and listen. And uh, while you're getting settled, I'd like to know if you like seafood. And by seafood, I mean everything from, well, from broiled lobster to fried halibut. Because if you like seafood, any seafood... You'll love it together with Petri California Sauterne. Fish and Petri Sauterne were made for each other. No kidding. Boy, I'll never in my life forget a broiled brook trout on the plate in front of me and a glass of well-chilled Petri Sauterne right next to it. Mm. That fish and that Sauterne. Mm. Petri Sauterne has a pale golden color that's really good to look at. And as for taste, well, that Petri flavor is really something. Take my word for it and try it, won't you? Oh, and I'll tell you something else. Try that Petri Sauterne with chicken sometime. (laughs) Look, I'd better stop before I get hungry all over again, but just remember this. The best friend a good meal ever had is a glass of Petri wine. Another commercial, another fine, fine product. Another friend of the show here on Panel Riot, whatever it was, Go and check it out. You will not be disappointed. We are back talking with Corey Milbert, and where we left off was Star Wars, specifically the film. So, uh, it is April currently when we are recording this, and uh, we've had some distance from the original film, and we've both had a second viewing. Mm-hmm. Um, have you had more than a second viewing? No, no, Just I twice? Me too. Because life is insane. <laughs> I, had, I had the Blu-ray for, I think, two weeks before yeah. I got to watch it, and even then I had to watch it in pieces. I bought it on Saturday night and immediately watched it after Deadpool, which I also bought that. Oh, you bought Deadpool. Yeah. I really want to watch Deadpool again. That's another episode. Um, So uh, what was your your opinion on a second viewing? Uh, It held up. It was just as good as the first. Mm -hmm. Um, With one thing that kept nagging me, I don't Mm want to... I I almost hate to point this out to people because I don't want them to start thinking about it. Mm -hmm. But... I'm going to, because it's really driving me nuts. Okay. When you're watching this, just remind yourself, stormtroopers have communications in their helmets. (laughs) Okay. So... So, there are several times in this story where stormtroopers are... I'm thinking of one scene in particular... This is this is a spoiler zone. This is yeah. this traditionally the third section is spoiler zone on Panel Riot. So I'm thinking in particular there was one scene where Captain Phasma was being held hostage, mm-hmm. and she just did what they said and did not send a message out to anyone, mm-hmm. and it was just okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that scene bothered pretty much everybody yeah. if if they don't double down on her and make it a like a driving revenge plot like that should be finn's plot in yeah. the next movie is he is being hunted by captain phasma period absolutely speaking of hunting um there was a <laughs> so there was an episode of uh pistol shrimps which is one of my favorite podcasts okay um and it, it's not it's only sort of about basketball go and listen to it it's really good um, but anyway they're talking about Star Wars and they're talking about how Kylo Ren's lightsaber is crazy but how <laughs> Chewbacca should um, he should clearly be out for revenge mm-hmm. he should be after Kylo Ren now um, and I swear to God if they don't do this I'm going to be so upset because why even have Chewbacca if he's not going to have he had a life debt I yeah. get he, I was more upset about Chewbacca losing Han than anybody else. With all respect to Princess Leia, 
he had a life debt to him and he couldn't save his friend and he was so sad <laughs> there's that scene uh, after they come back to the base where Chewbacca's just sitting there like Jesus this has been a bad day and he makes a sad wookie noise anyway they talk about how he should craft a big crazy lightsaber that's like a giant halberd you know what I mean <laughs> just this huge crackling thing that he's just slicing down forests with that looking for Kylo Ren absolutely amazing that would be fantastic god I want them to do that so bad don't waste <laughs> Chewbacca make him have this crazy vendetta Ugh. I, I swear to God, if they if they start the new movie and then they're like, well, Chewbacca went home because he fulfilled his life debt, hands dead, and then we never hear from him again. I can't see that happening. That's, everyone uh, likes Chewbacca too everyone much. Everyone loves Chewbacca, and he's so... And Disney knows how to make some money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh... But it holds up. It definitely yep, holds up. Definitely. Did, you, did you get the tinglys? I got the tinglys real bad. Yeah, especially the part in the end. Yeah. <sighs> I, so I, I've admitted this to you before. Actually, I've admitted this to a lot of people. <laughs> My favorite part of the movie, and this is... Should I even do this? Mm-hmm. Are we spoiling? Spo- spoiling we're, we're, this is a spoiler zone. I was so happy when Kylo Ren actually killed Han. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was so tired of watching him go back and forth and mate and be mopey. Mm-hmm. I was just so happy to see him commit to it and just do his thing. Yeah, I agree because he he needed that. I think you you said that before. He needed that because up until that point, he, it was easy to write him off like well, he's a whiny child. Yeah, <laughs> and then he does something crazy like kill Han. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I also like the scene with the ashes. Apparently, um, when he's interrogating... Is it when he's interrogating Poe? No. It's Ray. And he takes off his helmet and slams it down in this thing of thing of ashes. Uh, it's apparently the ashes of the people that he's killed. Yeah, I heard that. Which is... That's, that's good villain stuff. That's serial killer stuff. Absolutely. So, yeah. I kind of like to see him really go out on go out on some people uh, to really take that anger out and mm-hmm. be the bad guy that he is. Yeah, instead of on consoles. Yes. Yeah. Although I really enjoyed that scene, especially oh, the, so the stormtrooper noping. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I hope they get more into the Knights of Ren as well. Yeah, I feel like that is. That is ripe for well. That's that's one of the little little internet rumors floating around that uh, that Ray has some type of connection to mm. the Knights of Ren because one of the knights is seen with a staff like the one she's carrying. Oh shit! Yeah. Wow, I didn't. I but did not notice that. It could just be a common weapon in the universe too. So that's true. They do have a staff in. Uh, the Rogue One trailer, which I'm seamlessly segueing into talking about yes. now. <laughs> so uh, there's going to be another Star Wars movie coming out. Not not necessarily Episode Eight, but it's called Rogue One, and it follows the uh, the plans the the plot to steal the plans for the original Death Star. Yeah, I think, um, and it looks amazing. It does. What do you think? I think it looks really good. Mm-hmm. Um, excited to see. Uh, a more espionage kind of mm-hmm. Star Wars movie. Oh yeah, yeah, something like Ocean's Eleven, but with more lasers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think the casting of Mon Mothma was spot on. Yeah, they did a really good job with her. Um, I think, if I remember correctly, she was the actress who played Mon Mothma in the reshoots that they did for the special editions that George Lucas did. Which, we finally have something good to come out of those special <laughs> editions. Um, I don't know about Forrest Whitaker. He's not my favorite actor. Yeah. Um, I, the Star Wars movies have always had lesser known actors, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of like that. I like that them being part of that universe and you're not tying them to the other things they've done when you look at them. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean it'll be bad. I've I've enjoyed some stuff Forrest Whitaker's done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Ghost Dog so, was good. Yeah, 
That's so actually I, I've never seen Ghost Dog. Ghost Dog's very good. It's this weird like urban samurai film, and it was scored by Riza from the Wu Tang Clan. Okay, it's really it's quite good. It's but it's it's um it's also kind of a slog. Like there's some action films or some action scenes, and then a lot of dialogue, and it's it's good. Okay, take an evening and watch it when you're not looking for a high action. Right. But yeah, no, I I think it's uh, it's going to be a really good film. There, and, and it's coming out this Christmas. Yeah, they they dropped the trailer, and I was like, oh wow, God, I'm gonna have to wait forever to see that. And then it just said December, and I was like, we get one of these a year now. Yeah, we do. I don't even care that Disney's evil. They're doing good stuff. <laughs> they're doing good with Marvel, and they're doing good with Star Wars, and they're, they're doing what Disney does. They're fulfilling dreams. Exactly. Oh, that's oddly true and accurate. <laughs> so we've we've uh, we've co- oh one last thing on the Rogue One trailer. A um, lot of stormtroopers, a lot of different kinds of stormtroopers. Yes, I saw dark troopers in there. Dark that's pretty troopers. exciting. Oh yeah, I'm I'm into. I like this. I like a good stormtrooper. Yeah. So um, so yeah, that's the Star Wars portion. So let's talk a little bit about music. Um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, you are making a new theme song for this very podcast. Yes, I am. So, uh, how long have you been playing music? Uh, since I was about six, I believe, I started playing piano. Mm-hmm. I played that for a few years. Eventually, uh, I think when I hit about fourth grade, I picked up the trumpet. Uh, three keys. Thought, hey, I can handle this. <laughs> <laughs> uh Played trumpet up until high school. Took a couple mu- couple years away during high school. Um, I thought the uh, there was no cool music played on trumpets. Man, was <laughs> I so wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we just didn't really have the internet so much yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize how good jazz was then either. Right, so. yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, senior year of high school, I picked up the bass. Um, I joined a guitar class and... All of the guitarists were like, oh, you have no idea what you're doing. Here's a bass. We always need bassists. So I jumped in on the bass and have been loving that ever since. Okay. Cool. Um, so you have played in bands in the past? I have. I've been in a few different bands. Mm-hmm. Um, first big project that I worked on was, uh, uh, it was called, we had a few different names. Uh, we played as the Poppers, I think, mostly. Um, recorded a few songs there uh, after that uh, I worked with uh, Nick Rossi who uh, he was originally part of the Poppers and we worked on a uh, an electronic project called Sharky Kiss mm-hmm. uh, some of that music's floating around out there to uh, grab onto and listen to it's probably some of the stuff I'm most proud of excellent anywhere specific uh, anywhere we could direct the listener whew. MySpace MySpace is the first place that pops into mind. That's how old this is. Um, it's definitely still up on MySpace. There might be a couple tracks floating around on Spotify. Maybe. Okay. I don't, maybe that's just on my Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> how do you How do you spell it? S H A R K Y K I S S. Okay. For some reason, I thought it said. I thought it was spelled differently. Anyway, go on. <laughs> Um, so I believe Nick's still doing a little bit of music under his own name and Sharky Kiss. Mm-hmm. Um, he's on SoundCloud. Actually, some of the uh, Sharky Kiss can be found on SoundCloud as well. Okay. Um, I've been worked on a few other small projects. Uh, played a few shows, um, and then most recently I was part of the local pirate band called the Bloody Seamen. Um, played keyboards <laughs> Come on for that. Corey, it's not that kind of a show. <laughs> Come on, get your mind out of the gutter. Right. This is, oh, pirates. Yes, oh, yes, pirates. My mistake. Apparently it is that kind of a show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how long were you with them? I was with them for a little over a year, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and most recently, I am working with uh, a few gentlemen, Adam Lewis and... Uh, Jay Carr, uh, we're just starting to get something together now. Have a few songs written, so hopefully get something out there soon. Cool. Um, who uh, who were your influences? What kind of music do you like to play? Oh, uh, 
my earliest influences were a lot of punk and ska, um, rancid, <laughs> um, uh, real, a lot of real big fish. Uh, Mad Caddies is probably one of my favorite ska bands. Um, more recently, uh, you mentioned Man Man earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of all over the place. Okay. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the theme, the forthcoming theme. Yeah. Uh, can you? Uh, <laughs> so we don't we don't have a, a, a sample to play or anything like that. But uh, can you give us an idea what uh, what you're headed for? What kind of feel you're looking for, or anything like that? I don't want to give you anything just yet. Okay. Um, it is in the early enough stages of development that it could all change <laughs> as soon as I get frustrated and throw it over, throw it away and start from scratch again. Gotcha. Okay. Well, uh, I am excited to hear what you come up with, and, uh, and I'm sure the listener is as well. And thank you very much for joining us on this episode of Panel Riot. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, is there anything you want to plug? Any place that the uh, the people can find you on the internet, uh, aside from the, the Sharky Kiss stuff you had mentioned earlier? Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Mm-hmm. At, uh, I think it's at CJ McThunder. Mm-hmm. And that's about it right now. And that is the greatest Twitter name of all time. Uh, you can also head over to panelriot.com and click the tab that says Guests. And uh, all these links will be available uh, along with an updated portrait of Corey. Um, so go and check that out at your earliest convenience. And with that, uh, we are going to throw back to Will in the studio. Will, take it away. Thank you very much, Will. I greatly appreciate it. That was a wonderful, wonderful interview. Thank you also to Corey. Uh, I hope to have you back on the show again soon. And like we teased there at the end, new Panel Riot theme song on the way. Uh, If you want to hear more of Corey's music, go to panelriot.com and uh, check out the post for this very episode. I'm going to include a link in there to... uh, uh, Sharky Kiss on SoundCloud. Um, so, before we close the book on another episode, I have a few important things to share with you. First of all, I would like to sincerely thank you for listening to Panel Riot. It is the only podcast in the world with three Michelin stars. Would you like more? Well, more is available. You can find us at our beautiful base of operations, Panel Riot. From there, you can do all manner of things, including donating to the cause. There has never been a better time to be a Patreon supporter of Panel Riots. You will have not only my undying gratitude, but you will also have a few Patreon exclusives. Comic reviews, interviews, and other bonus content, as well as new donation rewards. Just click the link that says Patreon and go from there. You will join the pantheon of supporters currently helping the show run smoothly with our hard-earned dollars. To that end, our sincere thanks to Ellen Hemington at Coyotitude, Meredith Staten at Mare Bear Doodles, Tony Garza at The W Revolution, Ed Burke at Ed Burke 37, and of course, the man himself, our benevolent overlord at Sorgatron. On a scale of 1 to 10, they remain the best. You can find us on Twitter at Panel Riot. I am D- at DJ Lunchbox. You can also follow Internet Sensation and Panel Riot Intern Stan at Intern Stan. You can also follow our wonderful sponsor, the Petri Family at Petri Wine. Finally, Watson finally has his own Twitter page. We've been bugging him to do it for a long time. He finally got one set up. Watson, where can the people find you online? Our show is available anywhere fine podcasts are sold, including iTunes. You can also head over to panelriot.com and click the link that says most recent episode. It does what it say it do. If you are an iTunes listener, please rate and review the show. It helps more people find the podcast and you will be visited by a baby deer in the night if you do. Also, now it's easier than ever to listen to the Riot for Android users. You can now hear Panel Riot on Google Play Music. That's right, we're running with the big boys, or some other interesting catchphrase that I haven't written yet.
I would love to know what you think of the show. Please email us, panelriot at gmail.com. Tell me what you're reading, what you like, what you don't like, uh, what sci-fi comics that you enjoy, and what you like most about living in a galaxy far, far away. Thanks for listening, true believers, and remember, life is too short to read bad comics. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com. Let's go out to the lobby. Let's go out to the lobby. Let's go out to the lobby and have ourselves some wine. Petri wine.